No details are too detailed because art is all in the details. We always encourage them to go out and see more and and see what are the opportunities there that they want to take on. It's about social health. <laughs> you know, people talk about mental health. People talk about like health, but we need social health also because I think that is healthy. Hello, and welcome to the Theatre Art Life podcast, sponsored by Clearcom. Clearcom is the leader in voice communications since 1968 in theatre and the performing arts. When the show must go on, Clearcom is there to keep the team on cue. The Theatre Art Live podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators and the backstage masters. My name is Anna Rob. And my name is Anna Aguilera. Today we're talking to Billy Pissi. Billy is an actor, singer, theatre maker and lecturer at the School of Drama at Hong Kong Academy for Performing Arts. He has acted in a wide range of productions on stage and screen in Hong Kong and abroad, including musical theatre, plays, experimental theatre and films. Billy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about the path of you becoming an actor, singer and theatre maker. How did this all begin? I would say it all began when I was 17, when I went to boarding school in the UK, because that was the first time I... I took theatre as a as my A-level subject, as a proper subject, and uh, I actually get to learn about this. And I think my A-level drama teacher had a huge impact on me, and, and it was it was him that made me realise the world of theatre, and, and that made me want to become an actor. Yes, but then um, I did go to, I did, do uh, a first degree in sociology first. Then I went to drama school. I went to Central School of Speech and Drama after my degree. And I stayed in London to act for two years. That was a very important time for me because I got to taste how it's like to work as an actor. I was in film and screen and stage. So the start, I think, is always very important for you to get to know how the profession is like. And back in 2009, I came back to Hong Kong. I continued working as an actor, primarily on stage. And um, then I also did a bit of voiceover and um, I did some education, corporate training, all, all related to drama in a way. And five years ago, I, I got the job of being a lecturer at the School of Drama at HKAPA. So here I am. Amazing. How was uh, how was it to start getting work in the UK? Was that an easy thing for you to land work? You just sort of said, oh, well, I'd started acting, but that's not an easy thing for a lot of people, right? Yeah, that was really <laughs> well, in a nutshell. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, fortunately, because of the system of the UK Drama School, uh, we got a lot of exposure before we graduate. So I got signed by an agent before I graduated, actually. So I I landed into some jobs quite smoothly. But, you know, as an Asian actor, as a, as a young boy back then, there were more opportunity on screen than on stage, I would say. 
So, uh, but it was it was good experience for me. I did a lot of independent films. I did a lot of uh, stage readings, uh, especially for uh, emerging East Asian playwrights, and uh, I did some theater shows as well. And you also studied in Russia and Austria, is that right? Yes, I did um, a, about a month uh, of training at the Moscow Art Theater School, and that was part of an um, exchange program. At this drummers at the drama school I was in back then, so there were about twenty of us who went to Moscow, and uh, yeah, my first time there, and uh, we experienced the way they, the actors trained there, and uh, I actually learned a lot in those few weeks. Yeah, it was amazing to see to to actually study plays like Chekhov and and directed by. Russian directors, and because of their profound experience, they actually gave gave us a lot of deep insights uh, in terms of acting, like everything about acting. I learned a lot from those few weeks. Was there a couple of things that you would specifically say that you learned about being an actor from your time there? Uh, yeah, I remember a sentence. Our teacher said, no details are too detailed because art is all in the details. So I always remember that. <laughs> yes, I, I remember we, we were studying the seagull, you know, as our mater- learning material in our acting class, but we did not play a single line from the script because all we did was the, the sub-scene, you know, the, the scenarios that happened between scenes and each of us need to do about one to two minutes solo and Everyone who turned up there did their thing, and we got such detailed critique uh, in terms of, you know, if your energy level at that moment is that, then how are you going to continue, like, 10 minutes later? It, it was that detailed. And it got me to look into script in a completely different way. Yeah. So it was amazing. That's really fascinating. So you came to Hong Kong and you started to work in Hong Kong. Can you describe for um, us what the Hong Kong theatre scene is like? And were you performing in both English and and Cantonese or were you um, primarily in English? I performed in both Cantonese and English. And in fact, in my professional acting career in Hong Kong, most of the shows I performed were in Cantonese. But when I first came back in 2009, I was very fortunate that I came across an audition by Hong Kong Repertory Theatre. Back then, they were doing Scrooge the Musical, and they wanted to do two versions, one in Cantonese and one in English. So they were looking for bilingual musical theatre actors, and I went to the audition, and I got the job. I remember it it was, uh, we did like 20-something shows across Christmas to New Year. So basically, we did two shows, because shows in Cantonese, shows in English, they were like two completely different productions <laughs> in terms of rehearsals and, and, and the trace of thoughts during the process. So, yeah, it was my first time also in such a big scale musical production and it was the, the longest run, one of the longest run I've had in Hong Kong. Because uh, in Hong Kong, usually when you are in a show, it lasts for a week or two max. But that time, uh, they booked a couple of weeks across Christmas and New Year. And um, that, that was a really good training for me as well as a young actor. 
and because of that job, it also landed me on another local musical, which was then rerunning, rerunning, and rerunning in in stage form and in concert, and we went on tour, and and that lasts for seven years in total, wow. on and off. So <laughs> I was very fortunate. That's a long run. <laughs> yeah, compared to yeah. a couple of weeks, in any case. I know, right? Because um, the the thing about Hong Kong theatre, I I think, is is that once you've done a show that runs for like one or two weeks, then maybe one year later, if they can get the copyright again, they will re rehearse it and maybe a change of cast, and then after two months, we did another week, and the next year maybe somewhere there's a time slot that they could fit in and do another week, and then we toured in Macau with. Tour to Guangzhou in mainland China, and then we did uh, a concert version of it also uh, in Hong Kong and abroad in different years. I feel like you've changed, and Hong Kong has changed. For what I can hear, because I'm not there, so maybe Anna should be asking about this. <laughs> But it's changed a lot lately. I don't know if you guys want to pitch in, and maybe Anna, you want to rephrase the question in a way that makes more sense. But how has how have you changed in Hong Kong? Changed in these years, and how does that work for you? Oh well, yes, Hong Kong has changed a lot, but I think the world has has keep changing all the time, and uh, I think theater as well as any art form has been adapting and and you know finding new ways to tell stories all these years. Of course, the involvement of technology, uh, as we all know, is is quite a huge impact in performing arts and. I think since ten years ago, you know, before all the big changes in Hong Kong happened, even ten years ago, the 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 word multidisciplinary and and you know the 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 media and and film and stage start blending in in quite a revolutionary manner. Twelve years ago, if you do live streaming on stage, that was still relatively new. But nowadays, if we if we see that, it's it's just oh okay, it's live streaming, you know. But it's it's about how you do it, how you how technology changed the way we perceive live, and I think theater is a mean to reflect that in an art form for storytelling.、Uh, so the the major change I think is about I would say that is one thing that hasn't been changed all the time because Hong Kong people are searching for. Who they are and the identity of being a Hong Konger all the time, right? Because of the change of history, because of the of the ge geographical change and everything. But having that as the base, the form and the artistry is something that keeps evolving and is something that people still want to、uh, experiment about it. Yeah. So, so I would say, in a way, doing theatre in Hong Kong is. Very exciting because as a Hong Kong, we have a lot of questions to ask ourselves. So、uh, that never stop. And if we have that, things will change. The way we we want to tell story will change. Will change. Do you think this is one of the reasons why you run so sh so short? The running times of your plays or your、um, mise en scène、mm -hmm. are so short. What? Why the leave of a production? It's a limited audience, right? The Hong Kong's only seven,、oh, yes. seven and, and a half、um, million people, right? <laughs> it is, and and that also leads to the the system 
because unlike Europe, we don't really have theater house just for theater per se. The, for example, the Hong Kong City Hall that we've got a couple of city halls. You know, this week could be for a theater show. Next week there will be a graduation ceremony for for a school, and the next week will be I don't know maybe a concert or something. So it's it's all multi-purpose. So we all share the same venue. For different occasion, instead of oh a theater house, keep running theater programs all the time. Of course, there are venue partnerships between a performance venue and theater company, so they get more chance to perform in that venue. But I think it is because the flexible system and it's kind of like first come first serve when you need to book something. So people usually plan very early on、uh, in terms of menu booking. Yeah, that 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 I think that has a huge impact on the duration of the show、uh, that runs in Hong Kong. And of course, there are some some exceptions. There are some smaller performing venues, some smaller art house that primarily do performing arts only. You're,、um, you know, you and then you transition to、um, uh, working for HKAPA, who, which in the region is very well known.、Um, what was your Reason for going there, and what was your like to you know instead of acting, teaching it, and what was that like for you? It was a huge change for me because I did not expect I would be teaching full time instead of acting. <laughs>、um, when I was thirty, thirty three, thirty four years old, that's like five, six years back.、Uh, I was asked if I wanted to teach part time at the School of Drama for voice. So I thought, oh yes, why not? Because、uh, I've been doing musical theatre, I've been doing voiceover. Voice is something that I've been studying and working on, and I have passion with. And I said, yes, you know, I I, I took up the challenge, and I enjoy sharing、uh, the knowledge with the students. But then a full time position came up, and、um, when I saw that, there were there were there were two sides. I was. Juggling between one one part of me thought, oh, this is this is such a great opportunity for me to try something new, and that would be a good challenge to to teach full time. But at the same time, as a thirty four year old actor, I felt like my career had just begun, <laughs> and 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 in fact, for many for many guys, you know, in their acting career, that it wasn't until late thirties or early forties they they start blooming. And the reason I eventually tried to go for the interview was because acting, you know, there will be many opportunities. I I I've been in the field for ten years or so, and you know, there are school holidays, so I can still act. But you know, such opportunity didn't come up very often. So I decided to give it a try to go for the the interview, and I got the job. Yeah, and also. Being a lecturer at thirty-four, it is. It was quite. I, I was relatively young.、Uh, I mean, for 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 being a lecturer in in the acting scene, because all my colleagues they 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 have been very successful theatre artists for twenty year plus, <laughs> most of them.、Uh, so I also got to learn a lot from my colleagues as well. So、uh, I I have no regret taking that job, and that's why I'm still there now. Yeah. And you still、uh, act? 
and sing and do all things. Yes, trying my best to. Um, during COVID times, um, I did some live streaming gigs, and and that's the most we could handle. And as for acting, since things are coming back now, and I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to get involved into a theater production or or. Uh, or a film production again, if there's a chance and and if my time is available. Yeah, I mean we've only just lost the masks, Anna. So it's yes. been three yes. years, <laughs> so now we can actually see uh, what people are acting. So, um, mm. and and with the you know with your students, the the like if we go behind the curtain of the mm. education and stuff it, it, is the goal to prepare them for the international market the hong kong market like what's the mm. what's the sort of premise of preparation for for the students there um i would say we prepare them for whichever whichever path they, they would like to go for in hkapa our students act in cantonese but the background of our students are very diverse uh some of them came from international schools, some of them studied abroad before, some of them got their first degree in Hong Kong or abroad before they attend their full-time training. We do not limit them to perform in Cantonese only, even though the learning language is primarily in Cantonese. But they are very well exposed to what's happening in the world. For example, in 2019, um, I took some of our students to Texas Tech University for a month uh, theater and cultural exchange. And I was there as one of the guest artists to run workshops alongside with other uh, theater artists in the state. So uh, our students got the chance to uh, go abroad and see and see, see more of the world, in a sense. And uh, our school, when, when you know, people could travel, uh, usually every year we have study trip abroad. We've been to Korea, we've been to uh, Austria, we've been to London, all sorts of places. So uh, we would, yeah, we, we would like them to, we always encourage them to go out and see more and, and see what are the opportunities there that they want to take on. And now a note from our sponsor. The Theatre Out Live podcast is proud to be sponsored by Clearcom. Clearcom is the leader in voice communications since 1968 for theatre and the performing arts. When the show must go on, Clearcom is there to keep the team on cue. You can find them at clearcom.com. Go check them out. And in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, the the kind of plays or or productions that you would do, are they Cantonese... uh, plays or from its core or are they adapted from English and translated to ch- Cantonese or is there sometimes you get some stuff that was Mandarin that moved it to trans because it's such a Cantonese is relatively a small language in the global scheme of things compared to say Mandarin and so is there a lot of content that is core at the core Cantonese in in writing yes and in Hong Kong I think the the exciting thing about the theater scene in Hong Kong is the is the mix of culture and since 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 I was born, my my east and west side has been in, in hybrid mode all the time. For example, in Hong Kong, I was in the History Boys, you know, the British, famous British place, the History Boys, but I acted in Cantonese. I was in a chorus line, the musical, but sang and acted in, in Cantonese. I actually played a lot of European role 
in in Cantonese theatre. Uh, uh, yeah, in, in in Hong Kong theatre, uh, translated from the shows from, in a different language. But I but we also have a lot of uh, local play. Uh, for example, HKAPA is like the, the main hub in in training local theatre playwrights, and um, there are lots of device pieces, and they could be bilingual. They could be like physical theatre driven, and um, even at school, there we had uh, theater production and musical productions where they act their lines in Cantonese but sang all the songs in English. And there are some cabaret that were in mixed language. And there were there were five continuous years. I I did a cabaret uh, with my friends at the Hong Kong Fringe Club. Uh, that was primarily in English, but we mixed in Cantonese. And then also sometimes we mixed in songs in Cantonese, uh, German, French. Uh, so it's I think it's a celebration of all cultures really. But yes, primarily because of the of the population, uh, we perform in Cantonese. But from my experience, the Hong Kong audience are they embrace English in 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 what they see from performances very well. Is there ever been ones that have been written in Cantonese as a core play, but then translated to English for performance? Because that, as an English speaking person who has cannot speak Cantonese, it would be fascinating to see Cantonese playwrights uh, and their content in English. But it, I don't know if that's that happens often. Does it happen often? It had happened, but it hasn't. It it doesn't happen often. But I hope it will happen more often. Uh, I think because from uh, I mean, unfortunately, I haven't been in any Cantonese play performed in English, but I know there are we've got some famous theatre playwrights like uh, Candice uh, Candice Jong and and a couple of others. You know, they they for example, they write a new play for the Hong Kong Arts Festival, and it was translated into English. And I, and I know that there there was a student who studied in Central School of Speech and Drama, my alma mater, but he, he went there a couple of years after me. And they suggested the school library to purchase the Hong Kong play that was translated in English. So uh, these plays in English are in the school's library, which I think is pretty amazing. That's super cool. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, they are not available on... On the bookshelf in in many bookstores, unfortunately, yet. But I hope this will happen soon. Yeah, hopefully the digital era helps with that. Definitely, definitely, yes. And the, about the digital era, there was a period of time we kept watching theater on screen in front of our computer. So because all theater house want to, uh, you know. Um, do the digital version and show the world the digital version of their shows. And I think uh, even though that sitting on in front of your laptop watching theatre could be a bit much if you watch it continually for two years, but also that well, there was a good exposure for people from all around the world to see how other countries do their theatre. So I think it was a, it's a, it was a great, great opportunity, great exposure as well. So you get a few years of master classes there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this actually kind of helps me get into the question I wanted to get. So I hear like your your theater scene is very local focus 
focus on Cantonese people and Hungarese people. And now that that the city is back opening back to tourism, would you is that something that's a goal or would be an interest of the do, do you see the theater in Hong Kong being open for maybe expats or uh the tourists that visit it or or, or that you rather keep it as something local that it's brewing and talking about the local issues for local people? That is a very good question because I believe if if you want to go international, you have to go more local. So people would come and would like to come and see what you are doing locally as Hong Kong, as Hong Kong theatre. And that is the direction the Hong Kong theatre scene is going. Last year, there was a huge theatre production. It was a musical, original local Hong Kong musical production. Um, I can't remember the English name of it. I'm <laughs> sorry. But um, it, it has got some really good Chinese elements in it. And, and they produce it in a way that I that we all think could 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 go international. And I think with the establishment of the West Kowloon and in collaboration with some big theater companies in Hong Kong, we are trying to do some big scale show, which we hope can run for a long time. Uh, hopefully with good reputation, people from abroad could also come to Hong Kong and see those shows. And those shows were so well made. And and strangely enough, I think we need to thank COVID because those shows were supposed to perform three years ago. And I've seen two big scale theater production last year because of COVID. They they postponed it for three years, but with the nurture of three years, the, the standard became so high. And, and when I saw that, I just thought, this is Broadway, this is West End Standard. With the local uh, Hong Kong uh, theatre aesthetics in it. So I, I, think, I think people start to realise in Hong Kong, because we're so busy, we do one thing and then we forget about it and then we, we chase for the next one. So I think this is a good lesson for Hong Kong cultural scene, especially for people who are in power to plan the cultural policy that we need R&D, we need research and development. For Because if you see a theatre show, people actually can spend three years to nurture and they do reading, they do previews, and then they took time and re-rehearse and 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 you know revise the script. Things could turn out in such a high standard. Uh, yeah, I I think we are going towards an understanding that theater and all all performing art piece, good art piece, takes time to develop. And and there were proving evidence that we can do really high standard shows. Uh, if t- if time and money are allowed, it's a it's such a good point, you know, because a lot of the times when people are budgeting a show, they they're trying to do it as efficiently as possible. And one of the hard things about doing that is to quantify the creative time that it takes to develop something great. And I would say, in a similar experience to to yours with this with this uh, show that you speak of, 
the same thing exactly happened with the House of Dancing Water in Macau, which is one of the shows that I helped build here. We had a, originally a four to five month sort of training information period that was extended because the building wasn't ready. And we actually ended, ended up spending a year in Belgium instead of six months. And I think the the consequences of that extra time built an artillery of content that was able to be assembled together really well in Macau and create the success that it, that it was and hopefully is again. But uh, it, and 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 I credit that time. And it's such a hard thing to argue for because it costs money, right? Time to develop something costs money, but we've got to continue to fight for it because that's where you get you know these amazing um, pieces of work if you've got the time to to work on it. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. And on top of that, people don't realize usually their proper performance is actually their preview. But after preview and done, you know, like move on. <laughs> but, you know, and, 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 you know, that's why I was in a show that was running for seven years continuously. I mean, thankfully, because the music was so good, it got such a, a big, review such a big noise so so people wanted more but i i could see the theater production every year there was no guarantee even though they really want to rerun it because they have to start from scratch again and it's a struggle to to just fit another week in in another year so but if if there is a longer if there's a longer plan longer scheme that that we could plan on primarily r and d first and if we put on the the opening of the show we see as a review and then there will be i think mentally people and and the creative team would have much more space to to develop it further i think mm. yeah it's about the system isn't it totally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your favorite thing about your job my favorite thing about my job is that I can keep thinking and and knowing and learning about about being a human about being a person <laughs> because you know whether I'm acting whether I'm teaching or whether I am uh, even like doing corporate training you know it gave me chances to get into investment bank for example when I did corporate training which is a great opportunity for me to see different parts of the world and when you work in um in a in a in a sound studio for voiceover when you work in a secondary school to to teach drama for their extracurricular activities or when you teach at a drama school or when you go on a big stage or if you go to a fringe theater venue doing experimental theater is the people you meet and the crowd you meet are always different and and because now as a teacher you i've got to share my views to my students that actually got me to think a lot deeper on what culture is what society what life is about <laughs> interestingly you know when i was in when i was a young actor sometimes i think oh how i act is my own business you know i've got my own way i've got my own method you don't need to know as long as i do my job I, i've done my job and and you know, I, I share the good time with the cast on stage and and done but at school as a teacher now i need to share uh what i think about acting what i think about voice and 
I have to articulate myself. So I'm always、uh, reinterrogating myself in terms of what I know, and if that's true, what I, of what I'm thinking, and、um, yeah, and and the conversation I have with my colleagues constantly about about art, about theatre, about acting is just precious. It keep it keeps me thinking about it. it yeah, it got me thinking about what. What what human being is is such a complicated creature we are. So that that's a topic that I would never get bored of. But your sociology, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, degree yeah. hunting yeah. you back. <laughs> oh yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs>、mm-hmm. I love it. And if you could change, if you could change one thing about the job or the industry, what would you? What would that be? Oh, if I could change, I would actually like. To well, if I have the ability to, if I have the resources, I would like to, I would like to build a pop theater in Hong Kong. As I said, you know, we need research and development, but in Hong Kong, we don't have enough small venues for people to do R and D. In my ideal world, you know, one day I would like to do, I would like to run a pub or bar or cafe with. A little black box theater in it, so people can do R and D or or how, how they call it, how they used to call it in London, like 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 scratch sketch night or, or scratch night or scratch night or something. So people have an idea; they don't have to do a full on production. They share fifteen to twenty minutes of their ideas, and then they give feedback. So people can bring in a glass of wine, watch、uh, four shows in one night, and then share. Uh, their ideas with the artists, and yeah, that that would be amazing. I, I think if I have the power to do something for Hong Kong theatre, I would like to, yeah, like to build a pop theatre or theatre cafe or something because we haven't got that many in Hong Kong. We 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 haven't apart from the Hong Kong Fringe Club. I can't think of any other place. So yeah, if we can have that, that would be amazing. I、yeah. totally love that idea. I will show up if that happens. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, another thing. I think back to the sociological side、uh, of it. I think in Hong Kong, artists needs a place together because all the performance venues are government run. So people go and see a show and then they they, they leave. But if you look at the theater house in Europe, you know, before the show, you can arrive early. You you can eat there or or drink a glass of wine, and after the show you can talk about the show with your friends. You know we we need a place. It's it's about it's about social health. <laughs> you know people talk about mental health. People talk about like health, but we need social health also because I think that is healthy. Artists needs a place together and just talk about random things, talk about things they've seen, talk about their ideas. And and in Hong Kong we need a place like that. And、uh, and of course I understand why because rent is so expensive in Hong Kong, <laughs>、um, but I I think we need a a, a hub for theatre artists to gather together and just 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 talk and share. So if anyone wants to open a little cafe or a pub in in, in Hong Kong, yes, contact me. <laughs> cool, Billy. Yes, that's that's super cool. Uh, mm. Billy, thank you so much for、um, joining us on the podcast today. It's been such、thank、a pleasure、you. to get to know you, and I'm sure I'm going to meet you in. Per- I'm actually going to HKAPA next week to meet the stage、oh, management、nice. group. 
So I will oh, uh, be, yes. be on campus there. Hopefully I can run into you. Uh, yes. But thank you so, so much for your time and uh, sharing your story and your life. It's been really exciting. I like, I like to start my mornings like this. It's very good. <laughs> yes, yes. And thank you. I enjoy this interview very much too. <laughs> thank yes. you. Theatre at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only $38 per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.